Old Man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven! Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, Old Man Winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. This is the Drive and Dish Podcast. Welcome to your Kodak moment, my friend. To start it off, it's Kevin Rafuse and Justin Kuzart. Let's go. Two, one, two, one, two, mic check. I feel like we talk a lot of um, food topics here on the Drive and Dish NBA podcast, and we're not going to change that for this episode. You, I, I always love surveys, and so a survey came out and said that the best um, pizza chain, right, mm-hmm. is Blaze Pizza, which is actually kind of basketball-related because it's backed by LeBron James. So Yeah, LeBron's a big investor. They've been booming. They're, they're popping up everywhere now. Yeah. I actually, uh, there's one here in Jacksonville now. I actually gave it a try. It was cool. It was good. It, you know, it is what it is. But um, it brings me to a topic that I was reading about, and it all comes for full circle because we've been out to Vegas for Summer League. But yeah, um, they, they have themselves a, like, grasshopper problem. I don't know if you've heard about this. Oh, they're, yeah, in Vegas. Yeah, there's, like, swarms of them. Yeah, they're everywhere. It's so, like a plague. So there's there's a pizza place in vegas that is now making pizza topped with grasshopper <laughs> i for sure would give it a try i think i think i would too like I, the grasshopper's not that gross and, well people eat them all the time they sell right. them at the mariners games um i forget the name of them there's a there's a spanish name for them okay um but they they yeah they they basically they season them and you eat them like peanuts almost yeah so i think i would I would give this a try. I doubt I would like it, but you know, I mean, it can't be any worse than people putting pineapple on their pizza. So, um, yeah, I, I thought it was an interesting kind of like pizza topic that came up, but we're, we're out here and LeBron's blaze pizzas booming number one in the world. And would you try a grasshopper pizza? I think I would like, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty so just cause I don't think I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Grasshoppers don't disgust me like that. If, maybe if they were boiled or something, but I feel like they're not going to be boiled or that. It's just going to be kind of crispy. You know, you're not going to really yeah. know you're eating it almost. Um, you know, decent source of protein. I'm not. Are you totally? Are you out on pineapple and pizza? Um. So yes, for the most part, I'm only in if they're also putting jalapeno on it. Okay, that's because then it gives it like a sp- sweet and spicy type vibe. But even then, yeah. I want the pineapple chunks to be very small, and I don't want to know I'm eating them. Yeah, I'm like, I would never order that pizza first. Right. Um, like I don't it was, think it's it like was, it was at work and free, so I was like, damn it, sure, I'll eat this. You know? Yeah, for sure. Well, that's <laughs> what I mean. Like, it's never in a like. I don't think it's the abomination that some of the internet thinks it is, where they're really just crushing it all the time. 
Um, but I, it would definitely never be my first choice. And I like pineapple too. Like I like pineapple. I've had pine- we had a food truck the other day at work. Um, it was a I think it was a Peruvian food truck. Cool. Um, but they've had pineapple on their burger. It was pretty good. Oh yeah, yeah. Pineapple on burger is is pretty good, especially if they grill the pineapple a little bit. Yeah, that's like what I mean. Of, yeah, yeah, you can grill pineapple. It's real good. You I'm gotta, all in. You gotta give it a little bit of that. So I I agree. Uh, shout out to LeBron James and Blaze Pizza though, for real. Remember, yeah, remember, that'd be remember back when um, Blaze Pizza opened in the Lakers Stadium, I think it was, and uh-huh, yeah, and Tim and I think it was Tim that put the tweet out. I I don't remember who it was, but I think Tim put out the tweet that was like. Like LeBron to LA confirmed and like Blaze Pizza retweeted it with an eye. And this was like <laughs> a year and a half before LeBron actually did go to the Lakers. And looking back, it's like, man, what a call. I don't think LeBron knew that he was going to the Lakers quite that early. <laughs> no, but I didn't. think LeBron knew he had a strong indication that there was a high chance he'd play for the Lakers that early. Right. So, I mean, shout out to Blaze Pizza. You, you got to pay attention to the details, man. If, that, if that's anything I've learned, details matter, especially in situations like that. Yeah, details uh, Details always matter, man. You always got to get those details <laughs> right. It's an important fact of life. Uh, we always try to make the details matter here on the Driving Dish NBA podcast. Welcome, everybody. My name is Kevin Rafuse. Joining me, as always, my co-host, Justin Kuzart. All right, enough is enough. The throne has been played with too much, and I ain't for horseplay. Ether coming soon. Yeah, it's that ether. They should make your soul burn slow. Um, <laughs> no, shout out to LeBron. Uh, yeah, I don't think he liked that David Griffin interview, huh? Yeah, and I don't know. I don't know how I feel. Like I listened to the Griffin stuff, and it was like I see where he's coming from. But man, come on! Like you're really gonna. No, Gri- I think Griffin out. LeBron already talked it out. Like, I don't think Griff blames LeBron for that. Like, I don't no. think that was in I like I think that whole interview was taken out of context. I mm-hmm. read that or listened to that interview because I went back and listened to the Woj Pod and you know, go listen to the Woj Pod with David Griffin if you want, you know, further context to what we're talking about, listen to it yourself. Um my my whole thought process was I don't think it's an indict. I don't think David Griffin was in, indicting LeBron, but I think he was talking about the atmosphere that surrounds yeah. LeBron, and it was. I mean, talk about the. I mean, was there a more high pressure cooker situation than Miami at the end of those years when LeBron was down there, yeah. and then when LeBron was in Cleveland? I mean, the constant pressure to win r- right away, the national constant media scrutiny. I mean, we talked about it in L.A. last year and how that affected some of the young guys being in the trade rumors. But I mean, that that's been part of playing it. Like, there's a lot of good and there's a lot of bad about playing with LeBron and, and being the GM for a LeBron team and being the coach for a LeBron team. And I, I think, obviously, with David Griffin and with some of these other guys, it can culminate in the ultimate success. I mean, what's a better high in the NBA than winning a championship the way you did in 2016, coming back from that 3-1 deficit, ending the drought in Cleveland, first title in franchise history? I mean, it doesn't. It literally doesn't get better than that, probably, in the right. NBA. Like how, do you keep, how do you keep the intensity up or how do you feel like you don't, how do when you win something like that or do something like that? How what's you know like you you set a goal and then you get it and how do you keep that intensity going when you're like well I got here you you almost relax a little bit right and it's just exhausting I don't even think they relaxed I think it's just that the way they got I mean forget think about what went into that all the Kevin Love drama that was going on mid season all the pressure to make deals that you were constantly under to be nailing those win now modes I mean that was the thing too is that I think what he was saying is when LeBron was operating off the one year deals there is that pressure because it's like yeah. you know you don't want to be the guy 
that it loses LeBron James, where the situation now with L.A. is a little better. And we said that when he first signed there is because he signed a four year deal. They at least have the stability of knowing that he's not going anywhere. But I, I don't get I don't think anything about that was about LeBron as a player. Like, I think everybody recognizes. I mean, they were going to the finals every single year. They won the championship. I mean, think about all the people, whether it's Ty Lu as a coach, whether it's Kevin Love, whether it's Chris Bosh, Kyrie Irving, like even helping Wade a little bit to an extent where like LeBron elevates people's legacies like that is there are plenty of great things and there are plenty of people that have succeeded with LeBron but look at the other side of that I mean the you know people that have had to have decided to leave the orbit whether it was Kyrie Irving going to get the trade to Boston whether it was Ty Lue taking time off from coaching just straight up saying I need a break it's exhausting like I can't you're under you're no one's under a bigger microscope than LeBron and the people around LeBron. I mean, that was the think about that whole ridiculous AAU debate from last yeah. week that we're not going to get into. But that just is, you know, I think that is more of what Griff was talking about. Well, and I wonder how much that stress will still follow into the Lakers camp with Anthony Davis really only having, you know, uh, what is it, two years? So in 2021, he's an unrestricted free agent, you know, and he's already out making comments like, yeah, I'd love to play for these guys. I'd love to be here. I could see myself out here. It's like, dude, you just got to the Lakers. Like, let's chill out for a second. Let the team vibe. Let the team win. And don't put that extra needed stress on them saying like, yeah, man, like we got to feel it out period of a few years. And then like I might bounce if it's not working. Yeah, I mean, that's just the thing, though. That's the NBA now. Is, yeah. And there was an article on ESPN this week about GMs talking about it is that, you know, it, it used to be all about long term planning and setting up. I mean, part of, you know, part of the Miami Heat's vision when they landed LeBron and, and kept Wade and landed Chris Bosh back in the day is that they really had kind of put this together for years and years. Mm-hmm. And the Clippers had been trying to put this together with years and years. But I mean, it just doesn't matter. It, it can change just like that. You know, at the beginning of the season last year, Kyrie Irving was staying in Boston and now he's in Brooklyn going into the season. Yep. You know, Paul George signed a long term deal in Oklahoma City to play with Russell Westbrook. Now, neither of them are in OKC. Yep. You know, that's the NBA now. And Kawhi's same situation. Everyone thought he was going to sign a longer deal than he signed it, and it ended up being shorter. And and that just, I think, speaks to the players wanting the ability to move around. It's a players' league now, you know, and and they run the run the show, and it's everyone's just uh, holding on for the ride. Yeah, no, certainly, uh, certainly at the top, um, or at least the top echelon yeah. of players, I should say, are, are running the league right now. Um, anyways, this is a midweek episode. Uh, go back and check out Justin's episode. Uh, you guys talked a lot of great stuff last week about NBA training and you know had a lot of cool stories. So that was a great episode. Make sure you go check that podcast out. Yeah, man, Dante Hill is um, man. He's been everywhere, um, helping start basketball in countries. Um, just. I mean, training. He was here in Jacksonville with the with the Giants for a while. Um, trained a bunch of guys. International basketball coach. So um, we talked a lot about. I mean, really everything. We we got into the Rockets and Westbrook and Harden and how they can kind of coexist. And mm-hmm. he talks about how it, it's funny. You can almost take the NBA and bring it back to like like speech almost, right? Like. Um, English. If you go up north, there's going to be a different interpretation. You go down south, there's going to be a twang. You go out west, it's just going to be different. And so basketball is the same way, kind of what he was saying is basketball is similar in that you have the basis of basketball, but everywhere else, everywhere is kind of played a little bit different. Like, for example, he says, you know, the Midwest, you got these guys who are ready to bang and, and, and 
and grind down low where, you know, out out in California, the guys are a little more flashy and agile, and you just get a different version of basketball in each way, and it was cool to hear him explain it and explain it in a way that he explains it to um, players in other countries. Because um, yeah. he, he coached out in Japan. He, he coached a lot of places. Japan's the one that really stuck out when we were talking, but, um, you know, helping, helping to, to teach those players and then see their interpretation of the language and see how it can work out there. So it's really cool. Uh, we talked about uh, about an hour. So uh, we talked all about his life. He's got a book out. Uh, that's not necessarily specifically about basketball, but it's how to you know make yourself successful in everything and and the vibes you're putting out in the world. So um, yeah, definitely if you haven't had a chance to check it out, you may want to go back. Uh, and he does have some some hot takes about some players. Um, uh, he he's he's definitely chatted and worked with uh, players like Ben Simmons, Andrew Wiggins, LeBron James. Um, so I, I asked him, you know, how do you, how, how does one train LeBron James when he's the best in the world? You know, like, what do you do? How do you do it? So, uh, you can hear all that stuff. And he's got some predictions about Ben Simmons that I think, uh, Philly fans will like. Yeah. Shout out to, uh, Dante again, and shout out to you. If you've already listened to that podcast, if not, go check it out. Uh, this episode, Draymond Green, my man got paid. Uh, Christmas Day games are out, so we're going to talk about that full slate. Uh, really excited about – well, one of us is really excited about that. We'll get into that coming up in a little bit. But now a word from our sponsors. All right. So Christmas games, like you kind of alluded to a second ago, uh, you're really excited for them. I guess you want to run down them real quick, and then we can get into this. Yeah, so we got five games, as always, uh, matchups this year. You've got Houston-Golden State. You've got Denver, New Orleans. You have the Battle of L.A., both Clippers and the Lakers facing off. You've got Sixers, Bucks, and you've got Celtics, Raptors. Um, I don't know. I, I think it's a really great slate of games. Um, I think the first thing that just because we've talked about this in the past is that it's really ironic that, you know, well, or not ironic, but I want to say I'm really happy that Toronto is finally getting their Christmas game. Because I feel like the last four years we've talked about Toronto being an elite Eastern Conference team and them just never getting a Christmas game. It's just kind of a bummer that they finally get it after Kawhi Leonard leaves. But hey, yeah. man, I'm glad Raptors fans are finally going to get that uh, that long overdue Christmas game. One of uh, shout out to Colin. He commented on our Facebook page. He goes, "All it took was winning the championship." <laughs> well, and I was going to say, it's like it almost feels like it's a year late, right? Like now, now I don't want. I don't want to say I don't want to see them, but I don't want to see them on Christmas. You know what I mean? No, I, you got to give them that respect. I, see, that's where I, I think I disagree. Raptors got to be there. I get it. They deserve the respect, but the main draw to see them would be, you know, Ka uh, Kawhi Leonard. And he's yeah. not there right now. So, like, I don't – I and, – and it sounds really bad, but I would almost prefer, like, Pacers who have a huge upside, right? Like, we yeah. really see a huge upside in their potential this year where Raptors, like – and it's no, no, no offense to them, but they lost – players so you'd imagine there's going to be a bit of a step back so i get yeah. the respect side of it but I, i'd prefer to see the pacers almost yeah i would i mean don't get me wrong i would love to see indy on this stage um i get why it's boston mm -hmm. um you know boston toronto have a little more of the rivalry with uh well even though boston indy played in the playoffs last year but boston and toronto in the same division um i think there's a little more star power if you yeah. will with boston obviously also boston's a bigger market you know i just kind of factors in on yeah, the Christmas not, Day game. And that's not me saying I'd rather like like switch out Pacers with the Raptors. No, I I would rather see the Pacers probably over Boston or 
the Raptors. Like, and yeah. pick your team. Pick pick that matchup. I don't care. But I just, in terms of potential for next year and excitement for next year and what the players might be doing at that time, I feel like the 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 Pacers would have been a more fun team. And, I, I mean, I'm surprised Brooklyn didn't get a nod with all the, the stuff going on there, too, you know? Yeah, Brooklyn not getting a nod surprised because it always feels like they have a New York team. I mean, the Knicks yep. have been on it for how long? Um so it is even just with Kyrie there, you would think maybe they would do Brooklyn versus Boston. I could have seen that matchup. You get, um, get the hate because he just left. Like, I, yeah, no, no yeah. love lost there. Um, you know, KD's not playing. So maybe that factored in a little yeah. bit. Um, I still do think Toronto is going to be an exciting watch next year. We talked about that. Like, I think Siakam will get a bigger role. And the good thing about when it's scheduled is realistically, they won't have blown it up yet. Like, I think there's a slight chance that Toronto sells a little bit this year. Like, obviously, they're not going to sell only on core like OG and Pat. Pascal and Van Vliet and all those guys, but they maybe they trade somebody like a Marcus Saul. Maybe they trade a um, maybe they trade Kyle Lowry and decide to move on from him. Um, you know, I, I think there's schools of thought for each. Obviously, if they keep everybody, though, I, I think I think Toronto and Boston are on the same level in terms of where they'll kind of finish in the Eastern Conference. So from that extent, like I think it'll be a, a exciting matchup there. In that, you know, I think these are two even played teams. I think you know it'll probably be the first game most likely. Boston seems to always play the first game. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's a good start. Um, and you know, I Boston. I'm glad to see Kemba. That's just what it is. Like, cause you know me, obviously put the fan Kemba's hat on, good one. Yep. you know, Sixers, Boston, but man, I love Kemba so much. Um, so I'm just excited to see Kemba, you know, get some national TV love. Um, you know, obviously we'll see what, uh, what Gordon Hayward can do on the bounce back and see what the young guys can do as well. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I don't hate it. I just felt like, you know, I, I look forward almost predicting what the league might look like next year. And I would, I would so what are you most this. excited about? Which one are you most excited about? Oh, the one, I mean, uh, and maybe it's it's the fan stuff, but I'm definitely excited for the Sixers-Milwaukee game. I mean, come on, like, that's going to be, that's going to be awesome. Um, those guys, yeah. I mean, just revisit that all all the way. It's, it's it feels like a rivalry. Um, it is a rivalry. Yeah. Because it's weird. The Sixers, the Sixers-Milwaukee is a rivalry because it's weird because it's been a slow burn. It hasn't been yeah. that, like, historical hatred yeah. like there is with Boston. Um, but it's like, it's weird little pot shots that they've been taking at each other. Um, yeah, like, you know, like, we didn't, we The didn't... Sixers bust the fan group to yeah. Milwaukee and there was a whole big thing there. Um, Milwaukee's owners took a shot about the process yep. versus results back yep. when that was going on. Um, obviously, Embiid has said he's the most you know physical player in the league. Giannis has barked at Ben Simmons a couple of times. So, and I, um, I or, um, yeah, Joel said he's the most unguardable player in the league. I should say, and Giannis responded to that as well. So, yeah, no, and, and it's just yeah, they both obviously have the expectations this year. I mean, both of these teams expect to win the conference. And I would say. It was brought up to us on Twitter, I believe. It's in Philly, which I thought yeah. was kind of surprising because Milwaukee's technically the team with the better record. So, you know, you wonder why they didn't give them the nod there. I said maybe it's just market size in general. It is market size. So so that's what I figured. But, like, yeah, Bucks. if I'm a Bucks fan, I'm feeling some kind of way about that not being a home game for us. Yeah, no, I can agree with that because I mean I've always, I've said on this podcast too, like I think Milwaukee should preemptively be the Eastern Conference favorites because they have consistency. Like consistency matters, and yeah. had those guys playing together and working out another off season together and having another training camp together, like that'll only help them. Plus, there's no money questions lingering over the team this year. Like they paid the guys they're going to pay: Chris Middleton, Eric Bledsoe, have contracts. Brooke Lopez got his contract, mm-hmm. so you know to. 
So I can understand that slight. I'm sure they'll use that as motivation because Giannis is the the you know the reigning MVP. He's going to be one of the biggest, if not soon to be the biggest player in the NBA in terms of being a, a superstar as an international icon. So, um, yeah, I, I can understand that. But I do think again, it it, you know, it does. I feel like it simply boils down to market size. Sometimes I think they're going to mm-hmm. assume that more people are locked in in Philly. Yeah. So I the other one I mean the the big one that's just blatantly obvious to me and I I call it the cop out game and and that sounds bad but it's like you you literally couldn't go wrong with L A versus L A right like yeah. you can't but it's a cop out game it's like literally like that's the low hanging fruit you grabbed it okay cool let's not make a big deal about it cool it's happening whatever. Yeah, but sometimes you got to grab the low-hanging fruit. You know I what know. I mean? Like Cavs Warriors was a low-hanging fruit yeah. for the last five years. But here we go. You know, you just got to grab it sometimes. And mm-hmm. I think it's an obvious one. I mean, especially – I mean, this is the first time really that L.A. is – L.A. versus L.A. is a rivalry. Mm-hmm. And the fact that Kawhi directly spurned the Lakers, like I just think there's there's a lot of storyline. Like the Christmas games to me are about the storylines as well. Like that's the thing is bigger than just the one game. Like obviously if there's an intriguing storyline there with that, they're going to be down the hall from each other. They're going to be looking at each other's banners. Like right, you got to see that stuff. It's and, incredible. And we've already seen, um, you know, posts going out of the of the stadium and it says like JV playing at seven o'clock, varsity playing at nine, and it's you know. Put whatever team you want to put in each because that's what they do. So um, you know it's going to be – I mean, yes, I'm fine. I understand that that game's going to be there. I'm not saying I hate it. I just – cool, whatever. It was an easy one. If you didn't pick it, then people would have been really pissed off, and that's the angle I'm coming from on that game. Yeah, you needed both of them in right. there in some regard, and so it makes sense for them to play each other. Um, the other one – I mean, the Houston Warriors one from a rivalry perspective – is great, obviously. I mean, what else is there to say about the last two years with those two teams? Um, I was a bit surprised, almost pleasantly, though, to see them still get that love. Like, I was worried that, you know, obviously with KD leaving, there'd be that they teams would kind of just disrespect the Warriors a little bit already. But I'm excited to see these, uh, you know, these retooled squads go up against each other. And, like, look, as long as Harden is there and as long as Steph and all, I mean, I think it dies a little bit with Chris Paul even. Because mm-hmm. um, I do think, you know, at the end of last year, there was that little Steph and Chris Paul thing with uh, Chris Paul kicking Steph off the court in Houston. Yeah. Uh, but, I mean, those what else is there to say those two teams don't like each other so it'll be yeah. uh it'll be fun to see them go at it again well and it's like you look at you look at the matchups they did right in the east it's literally one through four and they just matched them up and then uh, essentially and then you look at the west right you got golden state you got the rockets okay cool and then that's when i feel like teams start to probably and should feel slighted right like if that's the methodology that ology that you're going with well, okay, cool, you got Denver in there, but then Trailblazers and Jazz don't get any kind of nod here? Yeah, So and that's foul. And, 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 and so, like, I get it, Lakers, LeBron, okay, cool, like, we can write that one off, and I understand Zion's um, draw and the excitement around the Zion. Height. But to me, I would have rather seen a Utah team or a Portland Trailblazers team on there because Nurkic is hopefully going to be back. We'll see what you know what's going on with that injury and 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 all that stuff. I don't I, I don't know injury wise like that leg looked bad. So you know it's like I want to see the top teams and I'm not saying the Pelicans aren't going to be there, but we don't know. We what's know, the excitement factor with the Pelicans? Right, but the Jazz have, in my opinion, just as much excitement. Yeah, 
Well, and the Jazz not, are a better team. Right. So, like, let's put them up against Denver because most likely they'll meet at some point or potentially meet at some point in the playoffs. So that's kind of where I'm coming at from that last game. Like, everything else I understand. I'm not going to argue it. I, I get where they're coming from. But that last one, Zion, okay, I get it. But let's let's you know let's go with the proven stuff right now. Yeah, see, I'm wishy-washy because on one hand, I think the Pelicans are going to be extremely exciting. I think yeah. they're going to play up tempo. I think they're going to be even if they're not going to be as good. I think they're going to be a fun brand of basketball to watch. And at the end of the day, isn't that what you're looking for? No. I mean, Zion's going to fly around. J.J. Reddick's going to shoot a billion three-pointers. Yeah. Drew Holiday is there. Lonzo Ball is there. Uh, Brandon Ingram is there with a bigger role that probably doesn't overlap. Like, I think there are a lot of reasons to want to watch the Pelicans, and I get the NBA is trying to showcase mm -hmm. and get ahead of their the next, stuff. what they believe is the next superstar in Zion Williamson. I mean, we'll talk a little more about Zion coming up and falling and falling. Spoiler alert. Um but to the other, but I completely understand your argument. Like I love Denver being there. I think Denver is super watchable. I think they're an elite team in the Western Conference, so they deserve to be there. Oh, I'm yeah. completely okay with that. Um, but I totally understand your token. If I'm Utah, if I'm Portland, if I'm one of these teams who is right in the mix in the Western Conference, who we're super high on, I think I personally would have liked it to be Utah more. Well, I don't know though, actually, because you know, as I say that, like I think Utah is probably a better team in my opinion than Portland going into this season. But I think Portland. Portland and Denver have, because of the Nurkic-Jokic factor, just have less love loss. And because yeah. they had the seven-game series last year in the second round. It. Yeah. Yeah, so I would, I could really be sold. And obviously, Portland has plenty of star power on their own. You don't need to worry about that. You can't sell me on, oh, well, they're not. You know, nobody knows who they are. Everybody knows who Dame Lillard and C.J. McCollum are right now. Yeah. So I, I think uh, – yeah, I can understand that people a little bit because the more I'm talking through it, I actually kind of feel like I want that Portland-Denver <laughs> matchup. But I get why the Pelicans are there. And it, it's just, you know, the NBA always has that one team every year that they're betting kind of on the potential of. Yep. Um, it was with Giannis and the Bucks in the past. Um, I'm almost surprised that Dallas didn't get a little bit of consideration. Well, I'm sure they did, but I'm because uh, you could sell me too with Luka and with Chris yeah. Stapps ideally being healthy and playing. I saw, um, um, not, to, not to get off topic, but I saw a poll, and I wish I could give credit to the person on Twitter, but it just, you, you saying that just made it come into my mind, is if you're building a team right now uh, and you have one player to build around, are you building around Luka or are you building around Zion? Oh, Luka. You've seen yeah. Luka. Luka's played a season. Yeah, like, that's, that's exactly what I said. I said, Luca, yeah. but talk to me after next year, and then that may change. Yeah, exactly. Like, let's have this conversation in, in a couple of years, or let's have it in a year or two. Like, let's Zion. I think Zion's going to be great. Like, I don't want to make it sound like I'm, I'm super high on Zion. Like, I think he's going to be a, a multi-time all-star in this league and a, a force for a long time. I've also seen Luca win Rookie of the Year and look like an absolute stud already in the NBA. Yeah, it's a no-brainer. Anyone that says anyone that says Zion is either a Duke fan or just I don't know. <laughs> well, gotta go, you got to go with the tone sometimes. Yeah, so there they are, Christmas games. I mean, they are what they are. Um, shout out to the NBA finding a way to still, even in like the lull of the basketball season, quote unquote, um, they still find a way to get talked about. You know? Oh, it was a gift. I mean, yeah. every like we were talking about it. I was sitting here, um, like Justin and I didn't do a ton of pre-production this week because I knew Justin was doing the trainer episode um, with Dante. And shout out to Dante again. Um, but I was kind of wondering, I was getting towards the end of the weekend, I was putting the outline together. And I was like, man, what are we going to talk about? And then back to back, we got Christmas day games. And of course we got the other big news of this week, Draymond green. 
yep. signed a four-year, $100 million extension, uh, Max Steele, to stay with Golden State. Uh, Woj bombed that the other day. Uh, just a quick fun fact. The combination of Draymond Green, Klay Thompson, Steph Curry are 365 and 113 in their games. They play together in their careers. That's a 76-4 win percentage. Highest win percentage by any trio in NBA history with a minimum of 400 games. So, uh, Shout out to him. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Um, but yeah, no, I was... Uh, I got to be honest, I was a little surprised by this. I thought, um, you know, we we talked about the Warriors going to have big questions with Clay and Dre. Um, and we knew Clay was going to be the obvious lockup. And it, it seemed like that was going to be there all this season. Um, there were I didn't think Draymond was going to leave necessarily. But I think there were ways that you could sell me on Draymond leaving with some team taking a chance on him, maybe really overpaying him at the front, especially if this deal didn't get done. Um, but I also think, you know, as I sit with it more, I feel like this is more of Draymond getting in front of it. I think Draymond Green has one of those games. Like, I think right now, Draymond Green, in my opinion, has one of the highest basketball IQs in the league. I think he's arguably the best defensive player in the entire league. So right now, currently the second, like we saw when he got back into shape in the second half of the season, it, it's just different. He's so intelligent with his defensive reads and his switches. And, you know, we could go on and on and on about that. It's not just about the scoring with Draymond. It's about so much more and how important he is with Steph Curry and how kind of he's been the backbone of this like mini Warriors dynasty. Um, but I also think Draymond is smart here because I don't think his g- game is going to age well, to put it bluntly. Like, I think he's one of those players who relies a lot on athleticism. I think you're and he's not one of those big time scorers where he's going to be able to kind of lean on that as he gets older. So I think this is Dre going, look, you know, we saw because there were real questions at the beginning of last year in the first half. We were talking about, you know, is what's happening? Is the fall off already starting to happen? Mm-hmm. I think this is Draymond going, yo, I really like it here. We still can be really successful. I love with Stephen. You know, I love playing with Stephen Clay. I love the Bay. Like, let's get paid. Like, let's yeah. just be done. Let's go get it now. Don't leave it on the table. You know, $100 million is a lot of money. Could he maybe get more next year? Sure. But, you know, listen. If that's there, he also, you know, God forbid, and I'm sure the injuries came up this year. You don't think that weighs in his mind with Katie tearing his Achilles with Clay Thompson tearing his ACL in the finals? Like, yeah. it just kind of makes sense to me to do this now. Yeah, and I think, um, you know, a big part of it, too, is you just don't want to deal with the media side of it and people asking and rumors flying around potentially if you don't you know, extend by the time you get closer and closer to being a restricted or unrestricted free agent. You never know. Um, and he's just getting ahead of that so that he doesn't have to deal with the rumors and, and all that going on too. So I, I totally get it. Um, and, and, you know, shout out to, shout out to him for, for getting his money. Um, I, I don't have any problem with either side of the team or player making this move. I, I like it for both teams. I mean, they're the cornerstones for the Warriors right now. So you might as well, uh, show them the love that they deserve. Well, listen, the core is still going to be successful. Um, yeah. you know, it's interesting. Uh, Steph is the oldest player on the roster now. Um, but so you have Stephen Clay and Dre, you have your core guys that have mm-hmm. been successful for a long time. I mean, obviously there's a lot of big changes, not just with KD leaving, but with, with Iggy leaving and with, uh, Livingston leaving as well. Um, there are a lot of, they're going to have to retool and they're going to have to use some of these younger guys, whether it was, you know, locking up Kevon Looney, um, going out to get somebody like D'Angelo Russell, who's obviously much younger than the current core of the Warriors team. But, you know, they, they have a lot of flexibility still and they have their core guys. And I think that's what's most important. And I just think, you know, we, we talked about how 
franchises can't plan long term, but you still need to do the right things. And that's what's kind of where you're held a little bit. I mean, what's more of, of the right thing than paying your homegrown guy? I mean, that's right. part of what's been I mean, that's what's been the most impressive part to me about the Warriors mini run is that all these guys were homegrown. They mm-hmm. nailed all their draft picks. You know, you drafted Steph, you drafted Clay, you drafted Draymond in the second round. Yeah. Like what's a better story for your franchise than your second round guy turning into an all time great who's going to get his jersey retired there one day? Like it's just a, I don't know. It just feels right, um, and I think that you know Golden State's done a good job of of reacting and adapting to the situation of losing KD and finding ways to remain competitive now, but still give them the max flexibility for the future. Yeah, I I, te- I completely agree with you. I wish I could find a way to argue it, but I mean, hey man, you gotta you gotta give the home guys the love, and you gotta you know move forward with the team. It's a it's a year of surprising uncertainty with the team because of injuries and and just so much changeover so you might as well lock in the stuff that you know is uh, is certain you know yeah the warriors are probably one of the teams that have had the least change honestly um or, or at least among the elite teams um yeah. you know and and it's crazy because they've clearly had a lot of change i mean anytime yeah. you lose kevin durant the best player in the nba what else is there to say but just having that core still there and and having those big questions locked up because like that to me was the biggest question about the Warriors long term future was Draymond and so now that you know Draymond is there I think you know they can kind of start to put put some plans together it is time for for who's balling and who's falling on the drive and dish podcast saying balling is CJ McCollum signing a contract extension as uh, Draymond did another valued at 100 million and uh, that means that C.J. McCollum and Damian Lillard will be under contract together for the next five seasons for the Trailblazers. Yeah, I mean, look, there were uh, there were talks about this um, contract, uh, or we t- we've talked about this duo potentially getting split up. Could it have the long-term success? Um, I think it was real a couple of years, especially when they got swept by the Pelicans. I think that's when it probably got the loudest. But, you know, look, they've doubled down. The score was successful last year. They got to the Western Conference Finals. Like we said, missing Nurkic, too, who was, their, I think, their third best player. You know, double down. Give CJ the yep. three-year extension. And here's the other reality. You still can move either of these guys. Like, they're both Damian Lillard and CJ McCollum have the type of games that I think you can plug in anywhere. They've clearly shown value on their own. They both can take over games. I mean, how clutch was CJ in that series against the Nuggets games, especially yeah. in game seven, closing them out? Um, so I think, it, again, it, it gives you. It's not bad money to me with Portland. These are your guys double down, and if it doesn't work, I still think you can move one of them. So it's it's just great all around. I think everybody wins here. Yeah, and obviously happy for him. The two guys seem to get along uh, as well. <laughs> CJ CJ was plugging Dame's uh, mixtape uh, earlier on Twitter, so you know, got to show love for the teammates' mixtape, I guess. Yeah, no, I mean, well, Dame's like Dame's got like his third album coming out or something. Know, He's got right? real features. Like Damian Lillard actually is like the one. I mean, we've talked about this mm-hmm. a lot. We don't need to rehash it. But if you want to go listen to Damian Lillard's music, code do it. Um, all right, balling for me is a different kind of contract. Uh, you know, I teased a little bit earlier. Going back to Zion, Zion Williamson signing the largest rookie shoe deal ever. Uh, got his signature deal with Jordan. Uh, Jordan Brand is who he's going with. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's decided. Uh, says that MJ is his favorite player. Um, that he wants to have that brand. And I mean, honestly, to me, like, you know, I, I think obviously sign with whoever you want. But when I think of Jordan brand, obviously, I kind of think of players that fly around the court. But let me tell you something. Zion Williamson, if nothing else we've seen can fly so far. But, um, you know, again, it's just kind of going back to the hype and, and showing how sought after. I mean, obviously, this knocks off LeBron, who had the biggest one before that um, mm-hmm. LeBron's deal with Nike. 
Um, and, you know, Jordan Brand's got they have somebody potentially for the future that they can build around. Cause, I mean, it's they're you know, Jordan Brand's signature players the past couple of years are, are starting to get a little older. You know, they've had Carmelo Anthony. They've had Chris Paul. Um, they've got Westbrook right now, too. I mean, Westbrook is probably their most famous. Yeah. Um, but now, you know, obviously, Adam Zion to the list, the most sought after rookie. Uh, you know, it's a, it's a coup for them. Yeah. And I, I read somewhere that uh, he actually had more money in other deals, but turned it down for this one. Um, so if this is the dream, which it seems like that's what he wanted to do, that's the dream. And you, you can't hate a guy for, for following, you know, something that he's always wanted to do. So, yeah, Jordan Brand stays strong, you know. Well, it's just I mean, that's the thing now is, you know, there's so many different options with, between it's not just Nike and Adidas and, and Jordan anymore. There's just so many that we've seen, whether it's Puma, whether it's New Balance, obviously getting Kawhi, huge deal there, um, whether yeah. it's uh, whether it's leaning with Wade and with a couple of other guys that they're landing and Clay Thompson's with Anta, like, you know, you just guys can get guys can get the deals some, uh, you know, get get the deals wherever you fit in. I mean, Steph Curry's made Under Armour cool. Yeah. No, and Nobody that's the thing that is, have is it from a basketball perspective. I know Under Armour really with Steph that was a huge get. So you got to and him and Embiid, they've yeah. got him and Embiid. Mm-hmm. So, so. Um, all right, switching over to my fallen, and we don't have to get into a huge discussion about this, but it's the USA team. Uh, with how many people are turning it down for, and it's that you know a lot of them do yeah. have reasons, but I mean I'm talking like there's a long list. I could go through everything, but I mean it kind of capitalized for me. The other day when I read that uh, Shamit said no because of health reasons. Yes. I, I believe it was health reasons. And again, like I'm not putting anybody on blast for, you know, prioritizing their health. But man, oh man, like you would think these guys would want to be on the team if, if they could, right? Yeah, and I don't think Shamit did want to. Like Shamit was dealing with an injury because right. he was going yes. back and forth with Bill Simmons a little bit. Uh, Julius Randle withdrew because of a family issue. But, I yep. mean, we're talking about – like Tory Craig just got added, yeah. and like no disrespect to Tory Craig, like he's a great story. He's super important to Denver, but it's but, still like whoa, wow, yeah. Like we're going, we're going, we're well into NBA rotations at this point. I mean, the, the exciting part of it is that it's younger, I guess. So yeah. you can, you know, these are guys who haven't really been here before. But yeah, I mean, there's a, a tremendous lack of high end talent on this USA team right now. I mean, Kemba Walker is the only NBA player uh or all nba player that's yeah. on this team currently which is the most kemba walker thing of all time <laughs> he didn't get um, the memo that nobody was gonna do it this year <laughs> i mean i like originally a little bit ago you still had kemba you had blake you had dame you had um i mean andre drummond was there but it's just yeah everybody is backed out tobias harris backed out recently and it, it's just keep going down the list and there's still like marcus smart is gonna play jalen brown jason tatum are there um like there are reasons to watch this team and they still preempt or presumably should be the favorites, right. which right. is they more should. of a depth. You know, that just shows how good USA basketball still is in relative comparison to the rest of the world. Um, but I don't think they're a lock to win by any means right now. Like I think they're, I mean, this is the worst team in terms of NBA talent or all NBA talent since Oh four and Oh four is the last time they lost. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I, it's a long list. I was I was trying to find like a full list of the players that said no, um, and and I just felt like it didn't need we didn't need to hash it out. But man, oh man, like I never expected that would happen. Yeah, no, it's uh, yeah, it's it's uh, it's a weird situation. I mean, it's crazy. Um, 
you know, I, I hope that it uh, I hope that it gets better. I have uh, it's funny because I have fallen for Team USA, but for a different reason. I've got we got a double dose of Team USA <laughs> falling this week. Yo, extend an offer to Carmelo Anthony, you cowards like the guy's the greatest Team USA player of all time. Um, I did watch the first take interview the other day. I'm cheating a little bit. I really just wanted to talk about Carmelo Anthony <laughs> at some point, um, like because I do it. It's. You know, it, it's just sad because nobody's really reached out to him. And but I do think he probably yeah, Carmelo, I think he could crack a rotation somewhere. And if he's truly serious about playing off the bench, I do think he can crack a rotation. But come on, Team USA. Like if you got everybody quitting on you, the guys, a lot of young guys still do respect Carmelo mm-hmm. Anthony. This is a great veteran leadership opportunity. And he is. I mean, go look at the numbers. Carmelo Anthony is the best Team USA Olympic basketball player of all time. Well, and you we, we, I talked about this with Dante a little bit uh, of how he thinks that Carmelo could get integrated into a system somewhere. Um, and I won't give what he said, but you can go back and listen to him. But I, to me, when I think back to the Rockets run and how it was like 10 games or something like that and it yeah. immediately ended, like I thought back and I was like, damn, it, it had to have been horrible. Like it, he had to have been so bad. He had at least three 20-point games which I don't think many people were talking about. And they were very efficient, for the most part, 20-point games. Um, so I think any team that just needs shooting, in a way, would want to consider this, you know? Yeah. And so, like, like the guy can still go out there. The guy can still can ball. Um, I, I do hope he gets a shot. I think he will. Dante also kind of alluded to that he thinks he will. But, again, I don't want to give away that full, um, that full chat I had with him. But... You know, it's just man, oh man! I never would have saw this coming. Yeah, it's it's been sad. Um, I know everybody wants to have the Lakers rumor. Um, yeah. I also think that if LeBron wanted him to be there, he'd be he'd there be already. There. Yeah. Um, just gonna say that, get that out of the way. Um, but I don't know. Um, it's I, but I. I do think Team USA would have been a great opportunity, but I do. I think he'll sign somewhere. I mean, even if he does a, a Vince Carter type deal and goes to maybe a team where he can be the veteran on that squad you know like in atlanta or a dallas or a you know something like that he and Przingis got along um but i do i, I think mellow realistically i mean we're talking like we're talking a, a off the bench rotation guy um i don't think he's you know i don't think he's the nearly obviously the superstar that he once was i mean the, the results were just there in in okc and in houston and i do think mellow has a little bit of legit beef with the way it went down in Houston because I think they probably scapegoated like I don't think Mello was gonna would have been an issue like I think Mello would have been an issue in Houston long term but I think that like they probably scapegoated him for Harden kind yeah. of being out of shape no they for sure I mean he was the scapegoat but you look back at the season and 2020 is obviously the way that you you view those kinds of things and well it kind of worked right because he was gone, and then everyone felt like that weight was off their back, and they turned it around, and Harden was able to carry him there uh, in a way. So, you know, uh, I mean, I guess it kind of worked not to take a knock at Melo, but in a way, using him as a scapegoat worked. I did I did love real quick before we get out of here. I love that Dame Lillard was like, free Melo, give Melo a chance. And then someone was like, oh, we'll have him come to Portland, a team that honestly makes a lot of sense for Carmelo Anthony to play for. And Dame's like, no, nah, we can't. We're capped out, fam. And it's just like, wait, 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 wait. It's like, Yo, it's you like can't, hang on. Don't, don't, uh, what, what we talk about on our ESPN show all the time is don't complain about something without having a solution. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, like, 
don't get like if I'm going to complain about the Christmas games, I'm going to give you what I think is a solution or something that you could do to fix it. I'm not just going to be out here bashing something. If I do, then that's not bad podcasting, but it's it's not as entertaining because I'm not going to give you my opinion. Uh, if I give you my opinion, then you're going to feel some way about it. And that's when we have the interaction and we can try to fix this situation. Yeah, we are always solutions-oriented here on the Driving Dish NBA podcast. Thank you, everybody, for listening to this midweek episode. Uh, Justin is off to his thousandth wedding of the year. This is actually like we were laughing about this because he didn't even know about this one or he forgot about this one. I forgot about this uh, one. So, yeah, we'll uh, we'll catch you guys next week with our regular episode. Um, I don't know who a... the guest is going to be yet. So, Justin, if you got anybody you want to speak yeah. into existence, go for it. Keith Smith, what's up, dude? No, um, we. Uh, oh, Keith, if you want to come, Keith, if you're listening, you want to come to the studio in Orlando. Like, we both we, live here. Yeah, you know, I'm working on getting credentialed for Orlando Magic games, so I may be, I may be finding a way to come down and crash at your place, Kevin, to to see some games. Yeah, but no, you you always got a spot at my at my place. You know that we out here. Um, but but for sure, uh, I'm thinking about you know you know the bar stool one bite pizza thing. Because yeah. I've been going to so many weddings, I think I'm going to start doing it with wedding cake. One I'm bite. Telling Everybody you, knows bro. the rules. Pizza, like cake with the bride and groom there, and I will judge their cake. Hey, your cake sucks. <laughs> yeah, this is trash. Get remarried. Do it over again. We got to start this whole thing over. Your your cake is trash. It's not a oatmeal raisin uh, cookie cake. Yeah, no, they would only be blessed enough to get that. <laughs> I think we've done enough dancing for today. So why don't we dance Wednesday? See you, star side. Okay, well I'm out of here. Get out I think they get the point. <laughs> Old Man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven! Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details.